Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Sports Radio 94 WIP, I'm Tom Kelly with you for one more hour here on uh, Black Friday, filling in for Joe Giglio. Uh, take a little break from the Eagles talk for a few minutes here to talk a little Phillies. It feels like, I mean, I guess it's been two months now, but it feels like it's been a long time since the Phillies haven't played. And I guess, you know, it has been, um, but, uh, now we bring on Tim Kelly of Phillies nation to join us, do a little check-in of the off season. So far, you can find him on Twitter at Tim Kelly sports, Tim. Thanks for hopping on, man. What's going on? Not much. How was your Thanksgiving? It was pretty good. How about you, Tim? How how was everything going over at the uh, the other Kelly household? By the way, Tim and I are not related. I know this joke has been made a billion times. <laughs> yeah, the the other Kelly household, it, it, it's going well, I suppose, as well as you can be going right now. That's good, and I'm sure you're excited about uh, you know the hot stove cooking up and everything uh, getting going here, Tim. So just to start off. Uh, you know, obviously the big question surrounding the Phillies going into this offseason is what are they going to do in the front office? And obviously, you know, uh, John Middleton and Andy McPhail both, you know, sounded like they were going to take more of a conservative approach uh, to begin with, but then they've been rumored around some bigger names. Uh, as far as, as you know, where does the GM search stand right now? And would you expect the Phillies to go after a big fish or stay more with the status, status quo with what they have currently? Well, I think there's two searches here because the, the Phillies have a president right now in Andy McPhail that has been more hands-off. And what appears like is going to happen is they're going to hire a successor to him that's going to have the title of president of baseball operations, but really be more with a hands-on role leading the front office and a GM will work under him. So really the search that people should be focused on right now, theoretically, is president of baseball operations. I know there was a lot of thought about Theo Epstein. I wrote about it a few times. Jason Stark reported today, though, that the Phillies – reached out to him. They were informed he isn't interested at this time. By all accounts, he does want to take a year off. But nestled in that report were that the Phillies interviewed Michael Hill, who parted ways with the Marlins after this season, but he had done a really good job at helping to retool that team, so he would be a strong, qualified candidate for the position. And then also Josh Burns, who He's kind of an interesting candidate because he had been the general manager in Arizona and San Diego, was kind of a mixed bag, but he's worked with Theo Epstein. He's worked for the last six years 
with Andrew Friedman in Los Angeles with the Dodgers. So he would be an interesting candidate. So it, it does appear to be that they are making some progress. It, it's difficult to tell, though, when a hire might be made and for sure that a hire will be made this offseason. Right. And as far as things look right now, you know, we, we know that Matt Klintak was reassigned within the organization. Um, now, you know, the assistant to, to Ned Rice. Uh What's your understanding of Klintak's role, and do you still think he has a, a large decision-making presence here as we head into this offseason? Well, I mean, he's a respected person in the organization. They didn't say exactly what he was being reassigned to. I don't know that we'll ever know what he was reassigned to. I think maybe you bounce an idea off of him here or there, but I, I don't anticipate they're going to Matt Klintak this offseason to ask him to sign off. I think Ned Rice is kind of operating the day-to-day stuff, but Andy McPhail said a few weeks ago, any decisions made this offseason, A, go through him, but more importantly, are going through John Middleton. So Matt Klintak might be a guy that, if Ned Rice needs help with some of the more procedural stuff, he can lean on him, but I don't think you have to worry that Matt Klintak is making decisions this offseason. Right, and you know, you look at, at John Middleton being a decision-maker, and John Middleton said in the past himself that he does get involved with the big decisions and the biggest decision for this team this offseason is what to do with JT Real Muto. Now, uh, have you heard anything on that front as far as negotiations and, um, you know, I hate to put uh, odds on it or something like that, but um, do you think the Phillies have a realistic chance of retaining JT Real Muto? I think they have a realistic chance. I wouldn't equate that necessarily with me saying that he will return, though. I asked Andy McPhail directly about it a few weeks ago, and he said, you know, we've tried to negotiate with him multiple times, and we found nothing close to common ground. But he also said, I followed up, I said, do you think there's a chance, or do you feel good about your chances to re-sign? And he said, yes, because... We, he, he enjoyed playing here, and we have an interest, which those two answers seem to contradict themselves, but it makes you think that the Phillies think he is asking for too much. He'll go out into the open market, and he'll kind of be brought back down to earth. Perhaps that happens, but perhaps also Steve Cohen in New York makes a major offer, and J.T. Real Muto kind of goes the Billy Ra- Wagner route of two great seasons in Philadelphia and off to play for the Mets. So, there is a level of risk in doing that. The Phillies' language and how they've talked about JT Real Muto's future has undoubtedly changed since the pandemic. And it really is interesting because I think it's going to come down to the Phillies and Mets this offseason. But by all, all appearances, it's been radio silence so far. You hear stuff about Yadier Molina. It, there, there's nothing about JT Real Muto. So I think this is going to be something in 2021. And maybe closer to March than January. Right. And that kind of leads me into my next question here, Tim, is if the Phillies do lose JT Romito, what do they do at at the catcher spot? I mean, you know that's a very important position. Um, I can't imagine it would just be, you know, Andrew Knapp. What are some of the other options they might have? Well, Yadier Molina is 38 years old, but he's still productive. James McCann is a free agent. He's had some good years in Detroit and with the White Sox. So, He'd be a competent starter. If Andrew Knapp plays anywhere like he played last year, he can be a pretty good 1B platoon. But the reality is, if you lose JT Real Muto, you're going to see a massive downgrade at that position, regardless of who you ultimately replace him with. Yeah, and you know, you look at, at you know if they were to lose out on Real Muto, but still 
want to do something of substance this offseason, any of the other big free agents that you'd expect them to be players for have interest in this offseason? A lot of it depends on when JT Real Muto makes his decision. Two years ago, the Phillies waited for Bryce Harper. Even though there was a chance they didn't get him, they seemed to think they were going to get him, and ultimately they won that gamble. If they wait until March with JT Real Muto or thereabouts, maybe they get him, but if he leaves elsewhere, a lot of these other guys we're talking about, Trevor Bauer, George Springer, whoever, may already be signed. I think the one name to watch is probably Liam Hendricks, who's been the closer for the A's for the last few seasons. He's been tremendous. I don't think they're going to spend to keep him this offseason. So he's someone the Phillies obviously have just a drastic need at the back of the bullpen. And I know they haven't had success in making acquisitions in the bullpen the last few years, but the other option is just kind of sit on your hands, and obviously that is not an option. So I think almost independent of Real Muto, I would expect them to pursue one of these major relievers this offseason because I don't think they have a choice. Yeah, I think we can all agree, you know, after watching last season, that's probably their biggest need at this point, you know, aside from Real Mito. But, you know, one of the things that the Phillies have done already to hopefully improve that pitching staff is hire uh, Caleb Cotham from the Cincinnati Reds. And uh, from what I've seen, at least, I don't know a ton about him, but it seems like he's highly regarded. What, what can you tell us about him? Well, he checked out well in our meeting with him, which – most people do in those introductory type press conferences and meetings with the media. He's gotten high marks from guys he's worked in with in Cincinnati, like Trevor Bauer. So the hope is that he can kind of bring a blend of analytics and some more traditional baseball teaching and bring stability to the pitching coach spot because the Phillies, this is their fifth pitching coach in five years. That has a negative effect on pitchers when you're making changes at that spot every year. So hopefully he's able to bring that stability. Yeah, so uh, appreciate it, Tim. Thanks for hopping on for a few minutes and giving us a little hot stove update. I'm sure we'll check in with you as the uh, off season moves on um, and you know uh, the wheels start turning here in a few weeks. Absolutely. Always good to talk to you, man. I right, appreciate it, Tim. That's Tim Kelly, uh, Phillies Nation. Uh, so check him out. Uh, Tim does a great job um, of covering the Phils and uh, he knows his baseball in and out. So uh, make sure you check Tim out at Tim Kelly Sports on Twitter. And, you know, it's going to be interesting this offseason with the Phillies. I mean, they've kind of fallen to the background over the last couple weeks here, obviously, football season. And the Eagles have certainly uh, given us much to talk about, not a ton of it good, but they've given us um, a lot to discuss. And the Sixers starting back up, but it's a critical offseason for, for the Phillies. And, you know, Let's just face it, the, the the media appearances early on from the owner and the president of, of baseball operations um, did not go over well. I think that's pretty clear that, you know, them making excuses about operating in a pandemic and 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 not being able to spend money if there aren't fans in the in the stands. Uh, that's not something that that people want to hear, and um, you know it, it. It seems like ever since then the Phillies have been a little more active in trying to fill the the front office out, but um, they need to find a way to improve this team because they're coming off what is it? Let's face it, it's an embarrassing season in an expanded playoff like we had last year. For them not to make the postseason, and for a team like the Marlins to make it. Um, 
is is a real real embarrassment uh, for the Philadelphia Phillies, and I don't know how they they fix all their issues. Um, they certainly have have a lot of them, and especially if you lose JT Romito, that's a massive hole that you're going to have to deal with, especially if he goes to New York and, and is playing for your uh, biggest rival. Um, but uh, it, it'll be interesting to see how the Phillies handle things here as we move forward. Uh, 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 215-592-9494. Uh, if you want to talk Phillies and Sixers, you're welcome to. Talking Eagles most of the night. And uh, the Carson Wentz situation here. Uh, we've been talking about the offensive line as if you're just joining us. Lane Johnson, done for the year with an ankle injury. He's going to need surgery and uh, it was it was leading to this point all season long. You just tell that Lane Johnson wasn't right. But, uh, you know, you look at things now. Jason Peters moving back to right guard. Jordan Mulata playing left tackle. Um, and, you know, hopefully it solidifies the line a little bit. Uh, with Lane Johnson out, that's obviously going to be a challenge. We don't know who's going to play right tackle at this point, whether it's going to be Jack Driscoll or Matt Pryor. That remains to be seen. But... You know, the big question is Carson Wentz right now. And how is he going to respond after the last couple games that he's had? And I think for a guy who's faced adversity in this town, I think Carson Wentz is clearly facing the most adversity he's dealt with in his career now. And um, Monday night's a big game for him because if he doesn't play well early, I think there's a legitimate chance that he gets benched in game. Um, And... I think it would be the right decision. Uh, I'd like to get your take on it, whether you think it's a possibility and whether you think it's the right move. Because at this point, it, it, it would, I feel like, need to be done if it gets to that point. Um, and we'll examine that uh, a little more before we get out of here. Let's go to Scott in Dallas. What's up, Scott? Hey, what's going on, Tom? Just did on the Phillies real quick. Uh, the last uh, call you had on, I, I think he's dead right. If they're going to spend limited money, Liam Hendricks is the guy to go after because he will lock down that ninth inning and at least say five to ten more wins than what the team would currently get, just guaranteeing that he's not going to blow more than a save or two in the whole year. That, that's the guy to go after if they're not going to spend a lot of money. Yeah, I mean, they certainly need to improve that bullpen, Scott. And, you know, getting a, a back-end closer would at least be a, a good place to start because, I mean, how many games last year did we just see this team uh, just, just, just implode in the late innings? Yeah, and he's a bulldog, too. I mean, I've seen games with A's with him where he comes in in the eighth and locks down the eighth and ninth. That guy's a bulldog. <laughs> yeah, so, no, but, no, I agree. That would be a big addition. But anyway, uh, back to the Eagles. Yeah, it's like you were dead on, Tom, with uh, uh, Carson Wentz, and I don't know why callers are, are denying it. It's like it's one thing if Carson's been a bottom-half quarterback. then you can, But he, he's been, the, like, one of the worst. And I was telling your producer because he brought up he brought up Ben Denucci, and I think like, I think Denucci had a higher passer rating than him that game, and Denucci got put to the fourth string. It, it, Carson's been terrible. You can easily argue the Washington game would have been a win, Cincinnati would have been a win, Cleveland lost. That game was hanging there for us, and we didn't take it. Yeah, and, and you can even argue the Rams game, right? Because people don't even bring up we had all the momentum, 
and we're driving to tie that game after getting down big if he doesn't throw that egregious interception. And you can just tell that deflated the whole team after that. No, it's team tr- just quit. It's true, Scott. And, you know, you look at it, and I understand that everything around him isn't perfect, and it's not for most quarterbacks in this league, but everything around Carson Wentz not being perfect is no excuse for Carson Wentz turning the ball over 18 times this year. You know, that that is... That is a ridiculous rate of turnovers that no team can sustain, and there's no excuse for it. I don't care what's around you. Yeah, the, the biggest thing a quarterback can do is protect the ball. That, that's all on you. The fumbles, the, the literally trying to make something out of nothing. Like the, I go back to that Cowboys game, and just some of those, I couldn't believe. Well, like you remember that one stack fumble? He's watching the guy coming from across the field. And it's like, and you can't tell me you don't see that guy coming to blow you up. And it's like, what are you doing? It's like he's not even seeing things. No, no, he's not, Scott. And I appreciate the call, man. Thanks. He's not. And it's it's a major problem. Like, it is a major problem right now. Uh, just Carson Wentz's lack of confidence, his, you know, just just, just uncertainty on the field, in the pocket, him not reading defenses, him not getting the ball out. Um, it's it, it's a it's a major major problem. And you know when we get back, I, I want to talk a little more about it. And you know the idea of benching him and the effect that would have, because uh, I think my opinion on it is different than most. Uh, so I want to touch on that when we get back. Also, I see Mark in Cincinnati's there. Uh, we'll get Mark in as well. 215-592-9494. I'm Tom Kelly with you till 10. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly uh, with you for another couple segments here. If you want to get in, 215-592-9494. Uh, in the final segment of the show, I'll give you a couple picks uh, for Sunday. A couple games that I that I like. Take them at your own risk. Um but there is one game I, I really do like. So we'll do that in the final segment of the show. Also, um, I got to play a speech for you uh, from uh, a college football coach, which was just just amazing uh, after uh, a game last week. We'll get to that in the final segment. I played him on my uh, over- overnight show the other night, but I want to play this again. It's it's one of the one of the most impassioned and funniest speeches I've I've ever heard. So we'll do that in the final segment of the show here. Um, but oh, before the break, I, I I was telling you about Carson Wentz and the possibility of him potentially getting benched on Monday night. And I think if the Eagles come out and struggle, it will happen. I do. I, I think the groundwork has been laid. I, I think Doug at his press conference Wednesday He's obviously thinking about it. It's obviously a conversation that's gone on within the organization. And I think the Eagles kind of know that if things continue to go badly, they just need to do something and they need to, to, to make some sort of a move if this continues to go the way it's going because it's just, it's just gotten so bad that it doesn't look like it's going to fix itself. It doesn't look like this is something that is just going to magically um, magically change and Carson Wentz is going to just snap back into the quarterback that we hope he can be. Um, and when I look at the possibility of benching him, 
I don't necessarily look at at it as this massive negative for Carson Wentz that many other people do. Like, I think it's a common misconception that if you bench Carson Wentz, it means you're quitting on him as an organization and that you got to get rid of him and that Jalen Hurts is the guy and that Carson Wentz can never be your starter again. I mean, it could that potentially be the case? Maybe. And that's honestly probably the best case scenario because if that happens, it means Jalen Hurts comes in and seizes the job and plays great and, you know, you you got a guy. But it doesn't necessarily mean that you're quitting on Carson Wentz if you sit him down. And in some ways, I think maybe it's what he needs, you know, because Carson Wentz right now strikes me as a guy who is lost mentally and maybe a little too comfortable with where he is uh, and maybe doesn't quite understand how bad it is right now. And uh, real quick, I want to play this this sound. This was Carson Wentz right after the game last Sunday in Cleveland was horrendous. Horrendous performance by him and the offense once again. And here was Carson Wentz when told by the media uh, that Doug Peterson had been asked whether he would start on Monday night. Media, I mean, you guys can ask whatever questions you want. So I know that's part of the deal. I know that's it's always a scrutinized position playing quarterback, and that's what I signed up for when I, you know, came out and played quarterback. I'm um, going back to high school. So I can take it. I can wear it. It is what it is. Um, are we playing as, as good as we can as a team? No. Am I playing as my best football? No. Um, you know, there's there's some circumstances out there today that uh, we left some plays on the field, and uh, we'll be critical. We'll go back and watch the tape. But, um, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, that stuff is what it is. You know, you guys can you guys can ask whatever questions you want, bring up whatever you want, and for me, I'm just going to put my head down and go to work. Now, I hear Carson Wentz in, in, that, in that clip, and – Sounds a little arrogant to me. Like, sounds like he doesn't really realize how bad it is. Like, he sounded like somewhat, I don't know if offended's the right word, but sounded to me like he thought it wasn't really a valid question the media was asking as far as his status was concerned. Um, but he's been that bad to where it's totally valid to ask whether the Eagles would consider that sort of a move. And it might just be what's necessary to get him back right. Like, I look at benching Carson Wentz, and I look at it differently than it's some indication you're quitting on him or you're moving on from him. I'm trying to figure out any kind of way to fix him. I'm trying to figure out any kind of way to wake him up. And it's pretty clear, to me at least at this point, that he's not just going to play his way out of it. Like, the Eagles have tried that. It's not working. Maybe this is what he needs to wake him up, to maybe see the game from a different perspective. Hey, Doug talked about it a few weeks ago as far as it being a benefit of Jordan Mulata to stand on the sidelines and watch Jason Peters play to see the game from a different perspective. Maybe that's what Carson Wentz needs as well. And, you know, you look at other teams, just because you bench a starting quarterback doesn't mean it's over. Like, the Dolphins benched to it last week, and he's the starter again. The Eagles in 2008, they benched Donovan McNabb. He was the starter the next week. And the Eagles went on a run to the NFC Championship game and probably should have probably should have been in the Super Bowl that year. Uh, so I don't look at it as this kind of move that, that, that is an indication that you're quitting on Carson Wentz and that he can never come back and be the guy. And I also took umbrage 
was something Doug Peterson said, and this was actually in regards to him being asked whether he had the authority to bench Carson Wentz. Um, and here was Doug's response on uh, the type of message that it would send to the rest of the team. Look, I think I think if um, if you get to that spot, whether you you don't start him or you, or you bench, I think you're you're sending the wrong message to your football team that the season's over and and um, that's a that's a bad message and and um, you know we have to we have to work through this times you know when 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 times get tough it's you know sometimes it might be the easy thing to do and and um, you know um, this. This business is about work. This business is about, you know, detailing, having ownership, things I talk about with the team. And um, that's what we got to do. That's, that's coaches and players. That's, that's not one guy. You know, it's, it's, it's bigger. This, is, this sport's bigger than one guy. Um, and we all, we all have a hand in it, and, and we all have to fix it. Now, you know, Doug says that he thinks that would send a message as the season's over. First of all, that is not a good sign in terms of what he might think about Jalen Hurts. Doug clarified that, said that's not what he meant. Okay. Um, but I don't think it would send that message at all. I actually think it sends the exact opposite message if you bench Carson Wentz. It sends the message that nobody's exempt from being held accountable. That no nobody is, you know, going to be excused for playing poorly. Like, I look at it as far as Sunday in Cleveland, and, you know, you look at the dynamics of an NFL locker room, yeah, everybody's on the same team, but defense and offense, in many ways, are, are separate entities. And if I'm on that defense, and I'm looking at a guy like Vontae Maddox, who didn't play well, deserved to get benched, did get benched, um, why is there one set of rules for Avante Maddox and another set of rules for Carson Wentz? And I understand that one's the quarterback, but when you see this sustained level of poor play and no consequences, I think that sends a bad message. That sends a message like, you know, certain people are held responsible for their play and others aren't held to that same standard. And I, in my mind, that sends, sends a negative message. So, I don't think this would be a horrible thing. And I think it might be good for Carson Wentz, honestly. Because he seems like a player to me that is in desperate need of a wake-up call. Not that he doesn't care. Not that he's not preparing. But the status quo and just keeping throwing him out there is not working. And maybe what he ultimately needs is to take a step back, sit on the bench, maybe get, a you know, a little extra motive, maybe get a little angry. You know, you hear Carson talk. He never sounds angry. He never sounds, you know, irritated. And I think sometimes we overrate press conferences, but in this regard, I'd like him to show a little bit, a little bit of fire. I'd like him to show a little bit of frustration because um, it's been frustrating uh, for, for everybody to watch. And, you know, I, I think the quarterback should feel the same way. Uh, let's go to Mark in Cincinnati. What's up, Mark? Hey, TK. How's it going? It's going great. You know, always great to talk to you. You too, man. Hey, so look, you know, I don't disagree with anything that you're saying. I really don't. But but here's the thing. You you just played that thing from Carson. He is saying those things because that's the way he's being coached. He's being coached to 
be a gunslinger, to be a guy that makes plays down the field, to to make a play. And and it's it's not working. But Mark, he's the, not. He's, but he's, he's not confident. He's not even doing that though. He, he's he's taking no. sacks. He's holding the ball. He's being indecisive. I like, know. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't, agree. But I don't but think okay, he's being coached to do that. No, listen. Doug has said it many times. He's like, hey, we needed to make a play there. I think he is being coached, and we can disagree on that, and that's fine. But here's the thing: if if Carson is not the franchise Q, QB. Then, then why don't they have a good backup for him? Why do they have Nate Sudfeld and a, and a stretch for a second-round pick? You well, know, they, they haven't prepared for this at all. Why? Well, Mark, that, this is what's so confusing to me, is because that was apparently the whole point of the Jalen Hurts pick, is what they said, to have a quality backup quarterback um, – but, you know, if they're not willing to put him in, then they obviously don't, I guess, either don't feel that exactly. way or they're too concerned about Carson Wentz's feelings. That's what I think it is. I think they are so well, worried about what it would do to Carson Wentz if you bench him. But I got to say, if you bench him and he doesn't respond well, then he's not really a franchise quarterback anyway. Okay, so so if you're the coach, right, or I'm, I'm not trying to put you in that position, what I'm saying is, if Doug is saying, Carson, here's what I want you to do. Here's the play. Here's the way it works. Here are the mechanics. This is what I want you to execute. And he goes out against the Seahawks on Monday night. And and here's the play. And here's the defense. And it's like you either go this way or that way with it, depending on the D. And you don't do that. And Carson doesn't do that. He fails to execute. You can sit him down. And if you're Doug, then you can justify that. You can explain it to him. You can sit down with him on the sideline with the iPad and go, Carson, look, here's why you're here and Jalen is out there because of this. And and if he can't accept that, that's too bad for him. Agreed, Mark. You know? Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I appreciate the call. I I completely agree. Uh, I, you know, I, I, I think that's something that, that should be able to happen because this is the thing. If if Carson Wentz, because I do think the Eagles have gone way over the top to cater to him, and I think a lot of it comes with the fact that they took Jalen Hurts, they got unexpected blowback, which I, I don't know how the blowback was so unexpected considering you know Howie Rosen's been in this city for 20 years. He understands the dynamics of the starting quarterback versus the backup quarterback. They take a quarterback that highly – you know, it's going to lead to, to, to conversations. They obviously didn't anticipate Carson playing this poorly. But, you know, if if you bench him and he goes in the tank, then he's not a franchise quarterback anyway. You know? So, honestly, I, I, I would like to see how he responds. I'm genuinely curious as to how Carson Wentz would respond. And I don't necessarily think it would be this horrible negative thing for him. And if it is a horribly negative thing for him, then he's not mentally tough enough to be your franchise quarterback anyway. Uh, that's the way I view it. Let's go to Robbie and Del Ram. What's up, Robbie? Hey, how you doing? Good. How are you? Good, good. Um, so before I you know, ask my question, I just got to get this off my chest. 
by no means do I want the Eagles to bench Carson Wentz, or I don't want him out of here. But, you know, looking at last year's team and even the year before when we had Nick Foles, do you think Carson Wentz has this locker room behind his back? And and do you think there's like a, you know, a real leader on this team? Because I feel like now that Malcolm Malcolm Jenkins was no doubt our, our leader right. last year, now that he's gone, you know, the team's all blown up in smoke. No, Robbie, they... There's no doubt in my mind they miss Malcolm Jenkins. I, I said that at the time. I thought that was a real big mistake. And I know the Eagles have been seemingly committed to, to getting younger and not, you know, um, not, you know, re-signing older players just because they've been here, even though they did it with Jason Peters. But, yeah, I thought at the time, I thought letting go of Malcolm Jenkins, there are certain guys that are too important and I really thought that was a mistake on their part. Yeah, and it's just, you know, seeing how Nick Foles comes, and also I, by no means do I want Nick Foles back on the Eagles, but I'm just saying when he, when he came in after Carson got hurt, the team was a whole, you know, totally different team. So not saying we need Nick Foles, but maybe just another option at quarterback could change the scenery around the locker room, change the culture around the locker room. I just feel like, you know, how bad we're doing just puts all these made-up stories in my head about if Carson Wentz is a bad guy or not, and I don't want to root against him, but just him playing so bad is... Right. There's got to be something behind it, obviously. I got you, Robbie, and I appreciate it. I don't think he's a bad guy. Like, I I don't think that's it. I mean, there was the story a couple years ago uh, in the Philly Voice, Joe Santaliquito's story about... um, Carson Wentz and, you know, uh, certain people not being happy with the way that, that he, you know, conducted himself or, or wanted the offense to be or, or, you know, things like that, a little demanding. I honestly didn't hate a lot of that stuff. I think a lot of that stuff you need from your quarterback. And I, in some ways, I feel like that has kind of changed Carson a little bit and I this is just me reading into it I don't have any inside information I don't know Carson Wentz but I I feel like ever since then he kind of goes over the top trying to please people and trying to say what he's supposed to say and do what he's supposed to do and you know I when when I think we've gotten to the point where he's just got to be himself and like it's okay to get angry it's okay to be irritated after a tough loss and and be frustrated. Because honestly, I don't think people want to hear the other stuff. I don't think we want to hear, we tipped the, our caps to the defense and they made plays. And, you know, um, I, I don't think people really want to hear that. And I, I, I am interested to see what would happen with benching him because maybe that's when he needs to wake up because I, I do think he's in desperate need of a wake-up call. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 215-592-9494. Uh, Dominic, see you there. You'll be first right after the break. And then you, if you want to join the show, um, I'll give you a couple picks. And also, I want to play this sound when we get back as well from a college football coach last weekend. Great speech. Uh, one of the best speeches I've ever heard. So we'll play that when we return. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly with you. For one more segment here, um, and real quick, I'll give you my my pick for Sunday. 
this is the game that I like the most. Uh, we'll do a full Week 12 recap, or Week 12 preview, rather, uh, tomorrow on my overnight. I'll be back on Saturday into Sunday uh, overnight. So we'll do a full Week 12 preview there. But um, the game I like this week. So uh, you, you probably want to take the opposite side. Um, I like the Bills minus 4.5 at home against the Chargers. Bills coming off a bye. Chargers coming off a win over the Jets. Uh, I'm a big flow of the season picker. Um, so I like the Bills in this game uh, to cover the four and a half. There are some other games that I, I kind of like scare me a little bit. Like the Arizona-New England game, just, I don't know, that one and a half point line just just scares me a bit. But uh, I like Bills over Chargers. So if you're looking for a game, uh, maybe you want to pick the Chargers because uh, usually I'm wrong. Uh, two one five five nine two nine four nine four. Let's go to Dominic. Dominic in Denver. What's up, Dominic? Hey, how you doing? Good. How are you? I want to tell you what's wrong with the Eagles, and I want to compare it to what's going on with the Broncos. First of all, you have two good quarterbacks. The Broncos built up so many toys around this quarterback; it's been ridiculous. The Eagles have nothing. They do not have all pro receivers. They do not have all pro backs. Right now, the the, the Broncos have Philip Lindsay and Green. They built up their, their yeah, offensive Miles line. Miles Sanders is better than both those guys are. Uh, I I don't think yeah, Philip Lindsay. No, I don't think so. I I well, I would disagree, but wh- whatever, that's fine. Well, and, and, no, I just want to say that the. It takes a, it. It take, the Broncos had nine quarterbacks in in the last four years ever since Peyton. You don't know what you have yet, and it may take three years to find the quarterback, and it takes first round picks to, to build up an offensive line, an offensive team, and 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 a, and a defensive team. So. Don't think it's going to happen just by replacing Wentz and, and firing Douglas. No, 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 Dominic. I'm not. I'm not saying it will. And I, I appreciate the call. I don't know. I don't know. Jalen Hurts. It might be worse, but it it can't be much worse. Like I'd rather see. Like I just am curious. I would just want to see what would happen because what we're watching now. What are we preserving? Like really, what are we preserving with Carson Wentz? Um, and it's not just because you bench him for one game. It doesn't mean you're you're done forever. I don't know if it'll be any better. That's the point. And this is why people who, even the people who are most supportive of Carson, I don't even know why they're against this. Because if if it's really everybody else, fine. Let's put Jalen Hurts in and let's see. I, I just would like to see what would happen. And I don't really see the negative of it. Um, so real quick before we get out of here, I, I did want to play this speech. I meant to get to it earlier. Um but this was uh, – we, we love tributing football guys on this show. And this Tom Allen, uh, Indiana's head coach, is the ultimate football guy. Have you heard this speech yet, Mosh? Uh, all right. Well, here was Tom Allen after the Ohio State-Indiana game uh, that they lost, by the way, giving uh, an impassioned speech to his, uh, his team. I want you to listen to me carefully. Eyes on me. We ain't feeling sorry for ourselves. No, we didn't play our best football. You know it and I know it, but you didn't quit. You didn't quit. You fought him. You got character. You got something to you. 
fumble deflate. Lob fumble deflate. You understand me? Yes, sir. We ain't coming to be close. And I'm ticked off by the result. But I'm proud of you guys. Because you fought. And you fought. And you fought. You stay together. You understand me? Yes, sir. You stay together. This team is special. There's special things ahead of you. You understand me? Yes, sir. Special things ahead of you. That's the truth. So you stay together. I love this football team, man. You got no idea. The good and the bad. I just thought that was funny. I meant to get to that earlier. Uh, but that was a funny speech by Tom. What would you think of that speech, Munch? You like it? Yeah. It was pretty enjoyable, coach. right? You know, look, I, I'm not one for uh, moral losses. You know, like, right. you, know, you lost, but you played well, that kind of stuff. Hoorah, we lost. But, I mean, look, if for a college team that has historically been as bad as, as Indiana has, they're having a heck of a season. I can understand that. Ohio State's second or third best team in the country. Right. It was a good speech. Yeah, I thought it was pretty funny. So I meant to get to that earlier, but uh, so be it. But look, they're a lot better than Temple is, so, you know. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so I'll be back on tomorrow, uh, Saturday into, well, I guess Sunday technically. But I'll be back on Saturday into Sunday uh, getting ready for week 12. Uh, so I will be back then. I'll talk to everybody then. Thanks to Mosh Kravitz for producing. Sean Bell coming up next. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.